Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, a special episode coming to you today because I'm still in Wisconsin, but our fearless leader, Scott Jenkins, is across the pond in the UK at the North Umbria community doing all sorts of things that, Scott, I'll let you fill us in on. But why don't you give us a a little update? I'm sure a lot of people have been following on Facebook or on the website, but give us a little bit of a a background of of what you're doing over there and, and how you got there. I will. This is my third trip in about the last 12 years to the Northumbria community. And I use their Celtic daily prayer books regularly in my life. Uh, and I just am drawn to come back here. It feels like feels like home. It's my spiritual center. It's my spiritual home is right here. And Northumbria is Northeast England. So I just did a walk with a friend of mine this evening on the beach of the North Sea. It's so beautiful, I can't even tell you. It's so good. Northumbria per square mile is probably the least populated part of England. Allmouth is the village that's closest to Northumbria. The community of Northumbria literally spans the globe. So last week, I was on retreat as a retreatant, and of course, we had, I think we had somebody from every country in the United Kingdom except for Wales. We didn't have anybody from Wales, So, and I'm from the States. I don't know how many people are members. They call them companions. You go through a one-year discernment process with a mentor, and you become a companion. And uh, that means that you pray the offices in the prayer book, and you subscribe to their stuff online and you take online classes if you can't make it to the mother house and they do online retreats and so the first week and this week too we do morning prayer we do midday prayer which is at noon right before lunch and we do evening prayer which is right before supper time and when it's nice out like it is now uh, we do everything outside so you'll see some of my pictures um, online. Stuff is thick here. The trees and the vines and the green. I mean, it is thick here. And uh, so there's that kind of scenery here. When you're driving these little back highways and stuff, you are just driving through green all the time. And then the other part of geography here is like farmland, right? And so they grow wheat and they grow peas and some potatoes. And, you know, the traditional Monday night meal is one of the favorites of this whole community. And it's macaroni and cheese with lots of cheese, man. (laughs) I'm telling you. And, of course, everybody here except me drinks tea like three times a day. Yeah, we have plenty of time for silence here. Uh, when I was on retreat, I had some things that I was discerning. So I met with the spiritual director uh, and a couple other people, and they kind of walk with you through this whole, how's your discernment process going? When you check into your room, they have the wonderful notebook that will help you with your inner journey. And there are incredible places to hike 
around here for miles. Uh, it's just, it's so wonderful. And you, they have these public walking trails. So if you come to a farm and you see this certain kind of sign, that means right here's the trail, dude, and you can, you can walk across it. So it's pretty cool. I can walk out here at midnight under the stars for three miles in the dark with, with my torch. They call it a torch. With my torch all the way down to the river. And it's, I'm telling you, dude, it is, it is dark and the moon comes out. The stars come out. It's phenomenal. And there are no bears. There are no uh, mountain lions. There are no wolves or coyotes. Every once in a great while, there might be a fox, but that's about it. There's no wild, there's no predators here at all. Because like, I don't know, 300 years ago, they killed them all. It's the weirdest thing. Like you can just walk through the most incredible countryside late at night. You don't have to worry about anything. It's, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> it's kind of strange to me. If we were in Colorado where, where you reside, I don't think it would be wise to go hiking in the mountains when it's dark out. <laughs> now we were talking before I hit record and any of us, well, most of us who have gone to a conference or a retreat or something like that of the spiritual nature, we expect our, our teachers and our facilitators basically to show up you know, give all their great wisdom. And then maybe we don't even see them for the rest of the time, but you're sharing with me that you don't get off the hook quite that easy uh, where you're at. No, because um, the mother house runs on a pretty tiny budget. And uh, there are three people on our team that live here year round. And then there's a couple other of us who are, are just here. Well, I was invited to come so I do some of the teaching every day, but this morning, seriously, I had the wheelbarrow out. I had my gloves on. I had my pitchfork because there's a beautiful, long kind of garden of these flowers, but it hasn't been tended to for quite some time. You know, they were shut down during COVID, and so they're still trying to catch up. So I'm out there pulling grass, pulling weeds, and on my hands and knees, I got my knee pads on, you know, and so you do that. And then it's time. See, this morning I was part of the breakfast team. So I have to set up breakfast. I mean, everything from, you know, dish, bowl, silverware has to be wrapped in paper napkin, of course, which probably takes me five times as long as anybody else. And so you got a couple toasters and you have to have the kettle, you know what I mean? By the kettle, you have to have water in the kettle and then you hit the button and it's, heats the water up pretty quickly and then you have we have like i don't know eight or nine different kinds of teas all the time i'm like just drink coffee but no they they like their tea and so we we shuffle back and forth on our team about who does what obviously i don't cook a lot of this stuff but i do all the prep work and the cleanup work and do the dishes and put everything away mop the floor you know because you're kind of in community here you know, everybody has a job or two or three during the day and you, you're on it, man. I mean, you're on it and they've got everything in notebooks. This is how you do it. This is where everything goes. And it's, it's kind of fun. I kind of like it. It's a whole different dynamic if you're somebody who leads in prayer or does a lesson, you know, or something. Yeah. Now I know you're time. You're kind of on the back end of your journey. You're heading home here pretty soon. And, mm-hmm. and it's probably far too early to ask this question because I'm sure there'll be a lot of contemplation and thinking, but what are some of the things maybe you're 
grabbing on to some things that you're learning or excited to explore further maybe as you as you start to think about heading back home yeah so this is a contemplative retreat right so you do get a lot of time alone when, if you're a retreatant and you know my prayer was the vows for the community are i will make myself available and vulnerable to god to my companions and to myself so that was my prayer literally came in and prayed that prayer and and uh i'll tell you what happens you know when you take stuff like this seriously you're going to be doing some shadow work you have plenty of time to be alone just you and god i'm still processing some of that i met with the spiritual director and a couple people who live here and we went down to the chapel which is new the chapel wasn't here the last time i was here and um, we sat and talked, and they prayed over me, and it was good. Some tears were shed that needed to be shed, and I just, some stuff surfaced here, and I was like, okay, it's time for me to deal with this. You know, I'm 70 years old. Did you think, like, I got this wired, you know? And the Lord's like, really? Well, let me show you how wired you are, you know? So, but that's good, but it was hard, man. I got to tell you, it was very difficult. And, of course, it's about a 40-minute drive from here. Everybody drives on the wrong side of the road here. It drives me absolutely crazy. And I didn't think I'd get to go. Holy Island is where St. Aidan came all the way over from Iona at the request of the king to start the mission work for all of England. So it's just a little island. You can walk around it if you have the day. And <clears throat> when you go over there, there's a causeway. So you wait until the tide is out. If you want to walk over, you can. It's about a it's about a two mile walk. Man, at the last minute, uh, this lady's like, "I'm going to Holy Island. You want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I got a trip over to the island again, which was really good. Some ruins are there, ancient ruins are there, and just places to sit and pray, where ancient Celtic saints, Christians, had gathered gathered around 700 AD. Then my wife's ancestors, I always say it like that, when the Christian missionaries were on Holy Island, my wife's ancestors from Norway came over and slaughtered them all, except for a few. And there's a, a beautiful uh, story. I think I might have told you this before, how some of the monks did survive and they hid in a sort of a, a cave in a, in a hill. And uh, they took the leftover wood from the chapel that was destroyed. They built a ship and they sailed to Norway where their invaders had come from. When they landed on the coast of Norway, they took the ship apart and burnt it so the Vikings could see where they are, which meant they were going to be slaughtered right away or else maybe the Vikings would listen to them. Anyway, around 1970, the king of Norway sent a letter it's a huge scroll that's framed. It's enormous. And the king of Norway sent this scroll, and it said, we want to apologize for all the atrocities that we caused you and your people. Most of all, we want to thank you for these monks that came over and brought the message of Christianity to our country. It's very moving. It's very moving. So, um, yeah, I got to go through the rest of the ruins that I didn't get to years ago the first time I was there. And yeah, you have to get off the island before the tide comes back in, <laughs> you know. That was a very unexpected trip. 
it was a great place for me to journal and just to think about where I was and who had been there before me. And the gift of the day, we met by St. Aidan's statue. And Andy Rain, who's one of the three founders of the North Umbrian community years ago, lives on the island. And he is a, a, an imposing figure. He's a big guy. And he has really long curly hair all the way down to his shoulders. And he has this orange piece of uh, beard right here that goes straight down. And here he is in one of the most popular places on the aisle. And there's like 25, 30 of us, people who knew he was going to be there and talk. And he's like proclaiming the Celtic Christian message. And all these people who are visiting the island are gathering around and they're pulling up a blanket and sitting on the ground and eating sandwiches. And, and I'm telling you, if this was in Berkeley, the cops would have come and arrested this guy, you know, because he, he looks like somebody who's just lost it a few times. But it was such a moving and genuine message. And when people from the crowd he didn't know asked him questions, oh, he would just engage them so well. And it was really a it was incredible to behold. So that was that was really good. One of the things that's really, really intriguing me right now is how ecology has really gotten hold of people here in the UK, especially the Celtic people. And so one of the things they do that I want to do with Celtic Way when I get back to the States is really come up with a nice booklet that we can hand to people or churches or whatever. These are the practical things that you can do. Here's some tips about how to do it. And if you want us to come and do a workshop at your church to engage the people there, you know, this just has to become part of our spirituality. England will be undergoing another heat wave starting tomorrow. And it's going to be getting up to 85 for you and I, it's like, yeah, that's that's hot. That's that's pretty warm. We can go inside our house and turn on air conditioning or when we're fine. Not so here. These buildings are old. And they and I'm talking about London, I'm talking about Manchester, I'm talking about Newcastle. Even the newer buildings are not built for this heat. And they don't have air conditioning. So when they talk about heat wave here, people are serious. Like it gets 85, kids start going home from school, people start going home from work. To complicate matters, the infrastructure of any city in the UK is poorly designed and dealt with like plumbing, like sewer. Like they have all that stuff, but it's old and they over here they're experiencing a pretty long and serious drought since i got here also the train and the underground the subways they're in the midst of a labor disagreement so they have strike days that pretty much shut down this damn place you know if you can't get on the tube or a train He's screwed. So I'm leaving Friday early. So I missed the strike of Friday afternoon and Saturday so I can make it into London and can hopefully find some way to make it to the airport to catch my plane. So it's been kind of an exciting and challenging time here. They have a lot of political upheaval going on. 
you know so it's not just our country but it's definitely a lot going on over here so my retreat time the other thing i would tell you i think there's some writing projects i'm going to do for northumbria and send it to them and see if i can get it published and one of the editors from anamkara books sent me a nice email since i've been here and She's like, I'd like to talk to you in September about a project we could do together. So I'm kind of just looking at all this stuff that's coming to me like, well, I've got some time to think. And then, you know, you and Susie are coming out later this month and we'll meet with Terry and John and, and um, Kevin and we'll do some dream weaving to see what comes out of this. But I'm so convinced, Matt, this Christian spirituality of Northumbria community and Celtic way, it's just so good and so real and literally down to earth and it's connected to the past and it has some wonderful promises and hopes for the future. I'm just more sold than ever before that we're on the right path. This is the way to go. We had some, some people who are here the first time and wanted to know a little bit about the doctrine of the Northumbria community of Celtic Way. It was interesting that we don't have doctrine. We hold values. And when it comes to doctrine at Northumbria and Celtic Way, we're Christian uh, communities. But within that Christian circle, there is enormous room for great breadth. And hopefully, There'll be desire and hunger for great depth as well. But we like to hold together some of the values, and it starts with being available and vulnerable, like I said before. But it's also about radically including people so nobody's left out. It's about loving God and each other. And um, here, here a bunch of us were... We, Met the first time, we're sitting around in a circle, it's quiet, and somebody said, there's a lot of differences between us, but what all of us value here is what we have in common. And then the lady's like, let's pray. And so we just all sat around and prayed because that's something we value. We might all do it differently, but we can do it together. That's so... I wish I could just bring you here, bring all my friends here and say, oh, I really want you to experience this. Uh, maybe not the mac and cheese, but um, the rest of it you would like. So, well, good. Well, we, uh, we wish you safe travels home. And I know myself and Susie are looking forward to seeing you out in Colorado in a couple of weeks here and continue the journey. Uh, thanks for taking time. I know in order to make this work, it's late for you. So you probably got to hit the hay here pretty soon. But I uh, sure appreciate you staying connected to all of us here and look forward to hearing more about it as you process and, and as you think about, you know, a lot of times when you have these big moments in life, when you get to experience something like you're in the midst of, the, the grandeur of it doesn't sink in until weeks, sometimes even years after it's over. So we'll be, we'll be excited to watch it all and listen to it all unfold uh, in, the, in the near future here. Sounds good, buddy. To support the Celtic Way podcast, be sure to subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review. And if you'd like to become a sustaining member, please go to our website at www.celticway.org. Find us on Facebook at Celtic Way.